Hey guys, good to see everybody. Excited to get started. My name is Brett Starr, for any of you um, that I haven't had the great opportunity to meet. Pretty excited to be here and get to partake again, uh, meeting with Ken and going through another series of uh, authentic manhood. Who's done this before? Who's been out here before? All right. Got a lot of seasoned pros here, but I see we still got a good mix of folks who haven't been out here. Um, man, it's just good to meet with other people who are like-minded, who are interested in just taking some time and unpacking some topics, trying to get better at being a dad or a husband or just a dude, you know, just a dude. And that's what I took from it. Like, there's a few friendships that you'll make here. Uh, you'll get to just kind of share and bounce ideas off of each other. Gosh, that's good stuff, right? That's chicken soup for the soul. I still fall for one of Ken's oldest jokes. This is my third time being out here. And he's like, hey, I'm going to tell a story and uh, – you know, I'm going to call this guy Bob. Uh, let, let, let's call him Bob because that's his name. I still bite on that joke every single time. So, I mean, maybe I set the bar really low, but I just love having Ken here. You know, great storyteller, really knows how to rap with, the, with us. Um, and, again, I set the bar really low. So with that as the backdrop, um, if I could just do a quick prayer, and then we'll get Ken up here so you got someone qualified uh, to speak to. All right, dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for these awesome men who want to get together in your name and just try to find a way to just improve, get a little bit better. You know, we know if we can take one thing, if we can meet one person that helps us glorify you or improve our walk in Christ, then this time was well worth it. So we ask that you anoint us, bless the conversation, and of course, help Ken give him the message. These things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, with that, let's give it to Ken. Right on. Thanks, dude. We're going to shake. We'll bump next week. It is so cool. I I saw the hands of people who have been here before. Let me see the quick hands if this is your first time to this experience. Raise your hands. That is fantastic. So here's the deal. Uh, We start pretty much on time every week, but we definitely end on time every week because we want to respect your time. And uh, let me give you a recap of the, the 12 other weeks before this. One is that God made you as a man for a reason. And basically what we're doing is we're going to introduce a topic. We're going to introduce some concepts and some truths. You're going to talk about it around your table. As much as I talk up here, you're going to talk at your tables. You don't have to input anything. You can sit and listen, and I promise you're going to glean some great information. And as I get older... And I was uh, sharing with a couple guys beforehand, this, uh, last week I felt really old. My youngest son's 14, he's a big fisherman, and he's got a new fishing partner. They actually have school fishing teams now down in the south, and, and uh, he was meeting with this young kid, and he's 14, the kid's 12, and we're just having lunch. I'm like, dude, I like your hat, he's a, just a baseball hat, and I said, it looks like you got an autograph. Who's the autograph? And he goes, uh, I don't know, it was just some old baseball player for the Braves. And I was like, oh, you don't know his name? And he said, he actually said this. He said, no, he played back in the 1900s. Now think about that. How many of you were born in the 1900s? I mean, (laughs) but for him, it was ancient history. And I'm like, wow. So here's the deal. Those of you who are, you're sitting at a table and there's guys older than you, you're going to be able to glean from them. But I guarantee you, um, please put in, as God lays on your heart, you want to get open, because it's really about being open. We, the first session, we really looked at why did God make us as men, and how did he make us, and that he really did craft us as men for a purpose. And we talked about character and that. And in the last six weeks, we went through 
were really good at kind of look back on why why do I struggle in some areas and and how do I get past that and wh- how can I embrace where where I've got shortcomings and let God fill those in. This one I am crazy excited about because basically it is how am I going to have success in life and how can I really get to that success. I've met guys in all different walks of life, but the ones that really stick out to me in this idea of success, the most drastic concern that I've had is I've met guys who have won major awards, have won national championships, have won World Series, and I've seen two extremes. One, it was a great high, but it wasn't everything, and they just enjoyed it fully. The other end is I've met these guys who have literally spent their entire lives for that moment, and I've heard this over and over and over. They said, you know what? Fifteen minutes later, it was the most empty feeling I've ever had. It's like, that was it? That, that was it. That's what I've worked my entire life for. So making sure that we we understand what success is, how to find it, how to get it, how to capture it, and how to walk in it is absolutely huge. And tonight we're going to take a kind of a first step to that in some different categories that can be traps that can get us off that path, which is going to be fantastic. But because we have such a, a huge variety, I want to take about five minutes. So you're going to have to move pretty rapidly, maybe six minutes. And I just want you to get to know the first name of the guys around your table. we got name tags, so just look at that. If you can't read, they're going to say their name, so it'll be all right. And uh, I want you to do this. I want you to say your name, and then I want you to say what your favorite leisure time activity is. And that can be a sport, that can be whatever it is, and then your favorite sport to watch, if you have one. What's your favorite sport to watch? So name, what do you like to do when you have some time off, and your favorite sport to watch. That's all you got. So you got about seven minutes, go. We're going to have more time to discuss, and if you didn't get to everybody there when we do have the discussion time, you'll definitely have time to to revisit that and pick up where you left off. Uh, In your book, in your book, I want you to go ahead and open up to page 10, page 10. It's going to be the first section we look at, and it's called Idols, and we're going to identify some idols tonight and what those look like, the kind of the core root. But if you, if you follow along, we're going to put them up here, the traps that we face, temptations, traps, and idols, number one there on page 10, we're going to help us get to the root issue, the sin beneath the sin, below the surface to the sin beneath the sin, and temptation, it's something that we're going to deal with pretty much our entire lives. Because there's always going to be our flesh drawn against the spirit of what God wants us to really experience. Under those key realities, we've got to be willing to pursue ruthless honesty in the company of trustworthy men. Now, I'm going to make a little bit of a clarity. Ruthless honesty is us being honest about ourselves within a group. And that may take a couple days or weeks or a couple times here before you're comfortable enough to say, man, yeah, I struggle there too, or you know what? I've done this, and, and just, just realize that, that that takes time to develop. Now, I say ruthless honesty from the inside out, not brutal honesty. That's where you're like, you know what, you're ugly and I hate your hair. You know, that, that's, that's more of a women's group thing, so we're going we're gonna to stick to our side on this. Um, but as we look at that, that honesty, I really do love what uh, David White said. All of us live in a fear of exposure. We don't want the worst things about us to be known. We posture and wear a mask. We, we establish elaborate facades and hide behind what good we do. 
this refusal to be truly known and exposed keeps us stuck in that sin. It really does. There's got to be a time, a place, a person, or a situation where we can be really honest. Because as it says, confess to one another. There's the, when we confess, literally sin loses its power at that point. So that's going to be an overarching theme to this. Number two, there's no such thing as a life apart from struggle and temptation. Uh, when I was in my late 20s, some buddies of mine, and we'd gone to the beach, and one of my guys, one of my friends, were talking about being tempted. He goes, man, I never struggle with temptation. We're like, really? What, what is that like? How do you do that? He says, I just give in. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's, that's not the best route. And uh, we talked through that, and then uh, and I had another buddy who goes, well, I, I, I can literally, I can resist anything except for temptation. And it's like, okay, there's the other end of the spectrum. But the truth is, as long as we have this flesh, on some level we're going to do that. But when we start and are able to identify the root causes, and we're going to start that journey tonight, it really makes a huge difference. As Galatians 5.17 says there in the middle, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For the, these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And I was so encouraged. I think it's in Romans 6 where Paul was just, I'm just being honest. And this guy wrote a major portion of the New Testament. And he said, you know those things I want to do? I'm not doing those. The things I don't want to do, that's what I'm doing. And he says, I just feel this condemnation. And he says, but you know what? In Christ, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation, for I am free and I have the power to get beyond this. I've just got to develop that. One of the pieces I shared was one of my favorite prayers. I shared this in the last session, so if you're new here, I want to encourage you. You can write it down if you want. It's a very uh, deep, long prayer. It, it goes like this. Help! That's it. It's literally saying, God, help, right where I am in the midst of what I'm struggling with. And when I started praying that and meaning it in the midst of temptation, in the midst of struggle, every time I prayed that, I found myself on the other side having not given in, having not dealt with that. God is real and he wants to empower us. And uh, so with that, that's, that's just a side note. Number three, grace. Grace, something given to you apart from anything you've done, good or bad. God's grace is that. And we will know that we have really understand and are starting to live by grace when this happens. When we stumble. When we struggle. When we fall. When we mess up. And at that point, we understand grace when we run to God instead of from God. Instead of rationalizing it, justifying it, stepping back from it and go, well, everybody's doing it. We, we literally run to God and say, you know what? I know you've already forgiven this, but I just confess, I agree. That was, that was sin, and I really, in my spirit, I don't want to do that in my flesh. I'm going to be honest. I do have that desire. But Lord, help. Help me with that. That's when we really understand grace, is when we go back to him and say, give me help after that's happened. So grace is going to be huge. Number four on the top of the next page. Authentic manhood is primarily about heart change. The noble fight against sin and temptation is not about behavior modification. This is monumental. It's not just about me stepping up, gutting it out, and changing my behavior. That's a step. But it's really about behavior modification without a heart change. 
is actually dangerous because then we feel like we can do it on our own and we fall harder and bigger than before. And it's, it's more than just confessing and doing a religious act and saying, okay, I'm going to take these three steps and I'm never going to struggle again. I had two different friends, two different cities that had done the behavior modification. They started uh, accountability and they started asking the tough questions and all that. But it was more the behavior and not the heart. They never really got to the heart issue. And I'll give you the one extreme. And uh, uh, Paul was his name. Um, I'll call him Paul because that was his name. And uh, Paul, I would get to him. He says, hey, man, can we get together? He says, I just, I just need some accountability. And we met for like 10 weeks. I'd fly down to Orlando every week for another deal. And we'd get together. And I said, so how's it going? And he'd asked me to ask him tough questions. And he said, well, you know, this week, um, I just want to be honest. I just want to be open. Uh, you know, I saw, I looked at a couple things online I shouldn't have looked at. I'm like, all right, well, tell me, tell me, you know, how that's going. And he would, he would confess these little parts. The whole time he was cheating on his wife and stealing money from an organization. And I'm just like, man, until you get open and honest, it, it's, it's just a behavior that you're going to rationalize. But if we can identify, you know, what's the core, not the top of the iceberg, but the whole shebang. And get to the core issue and identify it. Yeah, if that's a tendency I have, what am I going to do with it? That's when it changes. Now, I'll say this. I am super glad that I'm a man. Because I would rather deal with the issues of men. I think it's First John where it says the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the boasting of what he has and does. And, and that's kind of our core. I'll take that all day over what women deal with. Because what women deal with is what I call the curse of Eve. Eve was in the Garden of Eden, created perfection by God. And she was like, there's something better than that. I'm going to eat the apple and you're going to eat it too. Let's go. You know, just, I'm like, really? But what we can do is we can, we're going to start catching a glimpse of what God really has for us as men and how he wants to involve in that and mold us into who he created us to be. And that's going to be incredible. So the framework... Number one, under the framework, all wrong behavior ultimately goes back to a heart problem. A heart problem. Idolatry, and I'm, we're going to hear this word over and over, is basically when I ha have anything other than that relationship with God himself, to, to, I'm telling myself that if I had this, if I had that, in other words, my happiness, contentment, meaning, identity, purpose, security, come from anything other than God himself. When, when I say that and I move to that or act on that, then when that's taken away, my security or my identity is gone. Um, it's, I love the way the word he uses there, a surrogate God. In other words, it's a little G God in my life that I'm saying, well, if I have this, then I'll be happy. He puts it this way in the next paragraph down. Idolatry is always the reason we ever do anything wrong because we think, you know what? This is the real truth. And the, the problem with, with idolatry is it overpromises and underdelivers. As Jesus said, it will always lead in to steal from us, rob from us, and ultimately destroy us. If we see that because we realize it's empty, enough is never enough. And what is promised may give us a moment of pleasure, but then there's guilt that goes on. And an emptiness that starts to fill us up, that it's not enough. And I can give you a hundred examples of that. And it also lets us realize that 
we've lost ownership. I, I, I think I shared this, I, I can't remember if it was church or in here, in one of the sessions, I went down to Hilton Head, South Carolina. I was doing a corporate event down there at this amazing resort. And I pull up, and the valet's there, and there was this unbelievable, it was a Ferrari, and it was a brand new one. It was parked right on the curb with cones by it. And I'm like, dude, that's a great car. And he goes, yeah. And uh, he said, uh, don't get too close. And I was like, I'm not going to hurt it. And uh, he said, well, he says, don't look now, but two floors up to the right, the owner, he comes down here, he gets a parking lot view, and he parks the car, sits on the balcony, and watches the car the entire time he's here. He's at one of the most amazing resorts in the world with just opulence everywhere, a beautiful view, pools and everything, and he sits on a balcony looking at a car. Now, let me ask you this. Does he own that car, or does that car own him? And that's what an idol does. It, it, it says this is going to be the ultimate satisfaction, and it ends up ruining what we really could experience. So that's, that's kind of God's part. A few things to know about idols. Number one, an idol can be anything, even a good thing. Money is, is it's not alive. Money can be good or bad. Sex, God created sex, but when it's outside of what he created, it can ruin and destroy everything. And I would even go one more further, and I've seen this, unfortunately, too many times. Faith, a genuine faith in God, when it becomes an idol, the religious acts become an idol. It can literally steal and rob and destroy. Um, I was asked to, to carry on a very difficult task. I'm actually helping with this little church down in Atlanta. They want me to speak on Sundays, and I've just seen one of the idols that this church has is this concept of, of what their preferences are, and I call them favor, their favorites. And one of their favorites is, is if you go to church, you have to dress in a suit and tie. And there's a majority of, or not a majority, there's some that still hold that, that, that you have to wear a tie. And um, I don't wear a tie when I speak. And, and it really bothered a lot of them. And I said, you know what? I don't have to be here. You can get somebody else. It's okay. I'm not going to be offended. And they're like, well, you know, we like you, and you're good, but just, you know, you, you should wear a tie. And I'm like, well, why? And they're like, well, it's just, it's just respectful. I said, to who? Jesus never wore a tie. I'm pretty sure about that. And I said, it's not good or bad, but when we take something and we make our preference an absolute and a conviction and we impose it on others, that's an idol. That's an idol. And, and I'll tell you what I did real quick. So um, I was preaching through James, and there's this part where it talks about, you know what? If somebody comes in well-dressed and you give them a good spot and somebody not dressed all you they give them a bad spot. And it says, do not show favoritism. And uh, so to make my point, I met everybody, I dressed like this on Sundays normally, and I went in the back, and uh, after the song started, I went back to the room, and I changed into my tux, and I walked out, nobody saw me until I walked out, and they were just like, whoa, and some people whistled, some people were like, finally, and other people were just, just kind of in the middle, but I just told them, I said, you know what, the reason I get to speak up here is obviously because I am the best dressed, and not only that, but I pray better than anybody here. I mean, I pray so well, I think even God listens sometimes. And, and, and not only that, but I am, I am amazing at what I give. And I give so much, the president wrote me a thank you note one time for giving. And not only that, I have the most pure character. I've got the greatest character of anybody here. Somebody's asking, what's your best character quality? And I'm like, that's like choosing your favorite child. 
I just love them all. And, and, but I think if I had to choose one, if I had to choose one, probably my greatest character quality is humility. That's probably it. And they started to get the point. And I said, here's the deal, folks. And I said, I've actually heard some people, and it trips over this line, and we're going to talk about when does something good become an idol. And I said, you know what? When my preferences become convictions and I impose them on others, that's when they become an idol. When I start thinking that I have the deciding factor on that, that's when it gets out of line. God convicted about me, me about that years ago to say, you know what? Lose your idols. I'll be God. You just, you just let me mold you into what I made you to be. And uh, so that's, that's kind of that, that mindset of my idols. Um, another piece on there, idolatry is built on a lie. It's built on a lie. That this is going to make me happy. This is going to bring me fulfillment. This is going to be lasting. This is the missing piece in my life. Idols come from legitimate, don't miss that, underline that word on that next slide, legitimate desires that are being expressed in un, inordinate or inappropriate ways. And I love the way they wrote it in an example of, of food. There's nothing wrong with food, but when we make it an idol, and that's what's going to satisfy me, it can get out of order. Same thing with sex and, and approval, we can become enslaved to it. So on page 12, our framework is helpful to organize idols into two categories. One is just a surface idol. These are the obvious and easy to recognize related to an exterior behavior or something visual. But what we're going to look at tonight and start to identify which one am I is the deep idols. These are the core desires that rule over our hearts. The motivating voice behind the surface idols. I'd put it this way, if you see a tree, if, if surface idols are the branches, then the core idols are the roots of the tree. They're the ones that really decide whether the tree grows or not and what kind of fruit it's going to be able to produce. So the three core idols that we're going to look at is in the middle of your page there, and that is control, significance, or comfort. Now, I want you to just take a second. As I read through these, I want you to kind of rank yourself as I share these different areas, uh, one would be, you know what, I understand that, but I don't really struggle there, and I've never really struggled. And 10 would be, oh my word, this is reading my mail, and I didn't realize it, but I think this may be something I'm struggling with. So as we go through these three, kind of rank yourself from 1 to 10 in these areas. The first core one we're going to look at, the deep one, the deep core idol is control. The lie is if I just maintain influence or mastery over my situation or circumstances, if I, if I can maintain that mastery or control over people, my performance, my schedule, my income, and whatever, then I'll be okay. I'll be strong. I'll be safe. If I'm the core to that, and it's not just me working, but, but I've got to do everything right, then I'll be all right. The function, Kevin, is having certainty or dominance. I've got to be in control. If I'm in control, it's going to be okay. If I'm not in control, then, I, then I'm losing my stability. And the biggest fear of the control idol is instability or being viewed as weak, weakness. I, I can't be weak, and 
I've got to have stability in everything. This was, this was one of the higher ones for me. I didn't realize it, but the way it can play out is this. Relentless pursuit of security and excessive pursuit of power. And I love some of the words they used. It was um, worry and anxiety about anything from finances to relationships. And I'm always worried. I'm always anxious about those areas. Um, that I'm living out hypothetical situations of what might happen that's going to cause me to lose control or lose my power or situation. And if I'm, if I'm constantly in that mode, I may have that as a core, as a core idol. The second one is a deep idol of significance. The lie is, if, if this person in a social group, a colleague in my, in, in my profession, if they find out me, if they find me worthy of their attention and they love me and they acknowledge my value and they acknowledge what I bring to the table, then I'm okay. Then I'll be worthy, important, and acceptable. Uh, the functional haven is receiving affirmation and being made to feel important. If this is one that's a core issue for you, then you're going to constantly need people to tell you that you're okay and that you're important, that you're vital. It doesn't just come from the inside out. The biggest fear, rejection or humiliation. They're going to make fun, they're going to discover me, and they're not going to like me anymore. They're going to reject who I am, not just who I am, but not just what I do, but who I am. It'll play out this way, an overwhelming need for approval and love. And the second is an inordinate desire for recognition, always needing to be recognized. And I'll say one other one, you can write this one out of the margin, is there is a, there is a um, obsession to flee conflict of any kind in any way whether that's in a, in a personal relationship or a business relationship. The conflict is overwhelming, and I can't even be near it. Not even healthy conflict. And then the final deep idol that's, a, that's identified is the idol of comfort. And the lie is this. If I can just maintain physical ease or relaxation, if life can just be laid back, if I can just keep away from stress and responsibility, if I can just experience some pleasure and enjoyment in the moment, then life will be fulfilling, easy, fun, and thrilling. The function is pleasure and ease above all. But the biggest fear is boredom or responsibility. They, they shun or run away from responsibility and they're just... They can't just sit and be. The way it plays out, they avoid stress and responsibility at all, all times. And there is a constant consumption. And otherwise, I have to be entertained all the time. That's kind of the mindset there. So here's what I want us to do. Flip over to page 21. And you're going to see this, this visual of what we're going to try to unpack over the next several weeks and the next few, few weeks specifically with this. The iceberg, we see the tip of it. But what we're about to do is to get below the surface and start dealing with 
what part of the iceberg below the surface, maybe I'm not even aware of it, but do I need to really deal with? And to do that, we've got some questions, and I want to go through, kind of as I've read through these, I want to just um, guide us through as we start into the discussion time of this. Uh, the first question points us to page 18 and 19. And I want to just read through this, and I want you to put a check mark next to any part that I read that just kind of rings true to you, that I need that, I want that, or that's true of me. So let me read these out, because in the first question, we're going to talk about, hey, um, let me get to that, the four key realities. Which one is most important for you to remember in this season of life? And you're going to talk about this. Is it, you know, out of these four, is it ruthless honesty? Stop pretending. Remove the mask. You're a messed up, and I'm messed up, and it's okay. Or is it uh, must become a way of life, just being honest with myself? And you can put a check mark any of those that ring true to you. Or maybe you're at the station of life that it's a struggle and temptation, and that we need to really face the fact that we're broken men living in a broken world. We have natural, unhealthy desires for things in this world. Even with Christ in my life, we have tension in our desires. The desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the Spirit. I, I sense that on a regular basis. Idols distract me from my relationship with the highest good. Maybe that's yours. Maybe you're at the point, though, and this is not an age thing where you need to embrace grace and remember or realize for the first time it's a free gift. It's not contingent on my performance. It's based on the, the righteous life that Christ lived. It motivates us to run to God, not from Him, and I need to experience that more. Or maybe just to realize that Jesus already paid the price for everything good and bad I've ever done and he wants to be a part. It's to embrace that grace. Or maybe it's the heart change. It's to say, you know what, I, I know about it, but the noble fight is not about just behavior. Behavior modification without heart change is dangerous. I need to really unpack that. Mere behavior modification can hide deeper issues. Or maybe it's my heart drives me towards certain actions and attitudes and behaviors, and I need to deal with that. So that's going to be the first question that we kind of talk about around the tables. Uh, the second one is really great. When you get to the third question, it's, they're on page 22 and 23. But I want to encourage you in these time. One, I want to just challenge us next week when you come back. I want to, I'm going to ask the question. Did you answer all the questions? And we're going to start there next week with all the questions. But for the sake of time, we're not going to be able to get through all of them. So I want to encourage you, write this down uh, next to it. Circle question number 1, 3, 5, and 10. When you get to that part, I want each individual man to look at those questions, and whichever one pops up that you have an answer to, pretty much off the top of your head, answer it. And as you're sharing around the table, say, you know what, mine was question three, or mine was question ten, and here's how I answered it. Because we're not going to have time to do all of them, but 
when you get home. I did this. It was a really great exercise. It took me about 15, 20 minutes to just really honestly answer all the questions. And we'll start there next week. And then finally, if we have time at the end, go ahead and do page um, sorry, number four on page 15. So go back to 15. We're going to start with that first one. Refer to the four key realities we just that I just read and which one is the most important. And you're going to have about about 20, 25 minutes to go through these questions. So you can spend about five, seven minutes. If you get really into one of them, that's great. All right? So um, start with that first question, and uh, you can refer back to pages 18 and 19. And once you get that one, you go to two and then three, and if you have time, four. Does that make sense? Okay, page 15 is the questions, and this is where you go. Sorry, did I make that confusing as mud? Okay, so you're going to start with question number one on page 15. And what you'll do is refer to those that list of four realities and which one you feel is the station of life you're in. Then you'll do the second question. And then the third question, you'll, you'll flip over to the page with all the questions on them and pick one, three, five, or ten. Thank you for bringing that up. I went through that super fast and very back and forth confusing. Does that make sense? And be honest with me. That's one of the things, ruthless honesty. So uh, be honest. Does that make sense? So you're going to start on 18 and 19, and which one of those is the station of life you're in. And then you'll go back to 15 and read the second question. And then the third question, you'll go to page 22 and 23 and pick one of those four questions to answer. Just go around the table, sure thing. Each each question, each guy at that point. Was that better? Thank you so much, John. I appreciate that. And all seriousness, if you're still not sure, <laughs> please raise your hand and I'll come over and, and, and try to try to be more clear. You'd think I could get that after twice, but I guess I couldn't. Okay, guys, for the last few minutes, um, on page fifteen, that third question. You're going to go back and you can answer that one at home, but I want you to go ahead and turn over to page 22 and 23. And I want for just like 60 seconds, I want you to read through real quickly which one of those, 1, 3, 5, or 10, is the easiest for you to just answer on the spot. Uh, what do I worry about most? What do I run into in order to comfort myself when things are going bad or get difficult? These are just kind of general questions to answer um, or verse five or not verse uh, question number five uh, what oftentimes preoccupies me what do I always daydream about or ten what do I really want to and expect out of life what do I think would make me happy uh, just answer one of those four questions with the group and this is really just a practice to not only be honest uh, just say well Honestly, here's what I think about when I'm worried. Here's what I think would make me happy in life. And just this is just an honesty type of a question. But then you'll go back um, on your own and go through all of the questions when you're at home by yourself. And we'll start there next week and talk about which one popped out. So pick one of those questions and each of you answer one of those questions with your group tonight. Does that make sense? You've got about 10 minutes. Okay, gentlemen. Um, I hope that was a great time for you. I want to direct your attention to page 15. On page 15, 
we introduced the idea tonight, and I would really, really strongly encourage you to go back to that third question and the fourth question on your own, which is going to take you to that page 22 and 23 to answer all 11 of those questions. Because basically what we want to try to do is just be honest as we're answering those. And I experienced kind of one or two, actually one and part of another, one of those core issues start to pop up and go, dang, that's, that's me. That's where I am. I've been through that one. And it just gives a lot of clarity on kind of where I am. And, and we're going to look at how to get past that. And then I want to encourage you, if you just like, I love to see where I am compared to everybody else. Uh, between now and next week, page 25, time well spent, where is time spent and where it is, and just kind of read through that at what different guys are doing. So next week, we're going to start with, hey, how did you, what, which one of those questions really revealed or stuck out to you out of the 11 questions, and you can share that, and then any of the statistics on page 25 that jumped out at you. I want to encourage you also to... If you know somebody that's not here tonight that you think, man, I'd love him to be here with me, please feel free to invite him. It is not a um, what, what, sequential piece. They can jump in, and they're going to get something out of it every week, and they're going to be able to just jump in if you have somebody in mind. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to not only ask me afterwards, but also um, there is my personal number. I come here every week. I eat every week, uh, both before, sometimes after, and as well as do breakfast as well. If you just want to like, hey, I want to hang, I got questions, call me, text me. Uh, you may have to put your name in there because my phone doesn't automatically throw your name up, but uh, I'll notice it from the, the area code. But I hope this has been a great start, especially those of you here for the first time. I hope you got just a feel for what it's like to be around other guys who are just going through the same part of life. So without that, I do want to end on time. Uh, John, did you have anything else? Oh, absolutely. Thanks, John. Awesome, absolutely. Can I pray for us as we go out? Awesome. And I'm going to be hanging out, guys, both afterwards, and I'll be here a little bit of time before. And like I said, use my number. I love to eat, um, sometimes too much. But uh, let's pray. God, thank you for this time and this place to just get to be honest. I pray that we would just treat it like an oasis and that you would meet us here each week. Um, I do pray uh, just for a spirit of honesty as we go through those questions so that you can just start to mold us into the men you made us to be. And if there's somebody on uh, in our world that you just want to lay on our hearts, we'll be faithful to invite them to be a part. So Lord, thank you for tonight. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for being here, guys. Have a great week.